You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we've gonna we got something a little different today. It's not the usual interview. Um, some things have been coming up recently about uh, thinking through the process of 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 choosing a race and then of all that follows. You know, once you sign up for a race, you put it on the calendar and then a cascade of things happen. And so we're going to discuss some of those things that I've got outlined and I'll be curious to know what some of you think and what might be left out. So we're calling this episode number 80. Yes, episode 80, examining the process. Before we get started real quick, if you remember last week, if you listened to last week's episode, we have a new sponsor, Exoskin. Pretty excited about it. Exoskin.us is where you can find their stuff and a lot of you are familiar with them. It is seamless athletic apparel, 100% made in the USA using their patented rapid dry copper materials. Uh, great, man, it's great for reducing friction. It hates moisture. It also kills odor causing bacteria. True story. Um, Exoskin keeps you comfortable in any conditions. It reduces the risk of chafing, blisters, hot spots. Uh, they make a full range of apparel. The the socks, I wear the toe socks. I love them. I swear by them. And they wear they have the traditional socks also, either short or that pull up over your calves for with compression. They have the compression arm and leg sleeves, shorts and tights and shirts, and they just launched uh the short slash underwear. Um, they're getting rave reviews about comfort. Um, it just, just really good stuff. XO underwear and, um, help keep you chafe free underneath there. So, uh, check those out. And if you use the code run the riot at checkout, R U N T H E R I O T, you get a 20% discount on your entire order. And listen, every product is backed by a 30 day money back guarantee. Wear it for 30 days. If you're not totally happy with the product, you get a refund. So go to www.exoskin.us and then you can check them out on uh, social media on uh, Instagram at exoskinusa. And as always, we're brought to you by the Outlaw 100 Race Series. Great race series. Their next race is the Flower Moon in Paul Huska. It goes up to 50 miles. Um, I believe it's totally sold out. It's in May. Uh, Flower. I'll be there helping out, um, having a good time with everybody, uh, watching everybody else suffer probably. Um, and then there's the Dark and Dirty in Wilburton on the Outlaw uh, 100 course. That's in July. And then the Thunderbird in Norman in November. And then, uh, yeah, what's after that? The Outlaw 100 is in February and they have a 135, 150 mile, 26.2, 13.1 and I'll 5k and then we can't forget the flat rock triple crown you if you listen to my midweek motivation i talked a whole bunch about that one in independence kansas uh those are held in january april and september lake mcmurtry fun race Stillwater in april had a blast doing the, that one and so check out the, the outlaw race series at www.outlaw100.com these are all great trail runs put on by great people you'll have a good time if you go to any one of these races um we're also brought to you by runner's world tulsa man you need anything 
you go to Runner's World Tulsa. If you're in the area, you need to stop by and check out the things that you know you like to just walk around and see what's out there, see what kind of packs, you know, in a running store, see what kind of shoes. And they've got all the things, man. You need it for running. They've got it. www.runnersworldtulsa.com. You can go to the website if you can't get to the store. And uh, if you have questions, man, they're knowledgeable staff and they will help you out out. Um, I guess before we get started, I have to remind you, man, some of you guys have been uh, rating the podcast and leaving uh, a message uh, about what you like about the podcast. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I read every one of them. I like the names that you leave for yourself on there. Um, cracks me up sometime. But uh, thank you so much. And it helps just me to know what you enjoy about the podcast and what you'd like to see more of. And so, uh, yeah, man, if you can rate the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And then... Um, some of you guys uh, have signed up for Patreon and uh, throw a few bucks a month uh, toward the podcast, toward the, the help of hosting and everything else. Uh, if you go to www.runtheriot.run, um, you click on the Patreon link and you can you can sign up for that. Man, I appreciate that. That is uh, is huge help. You know, if everybody just throws a couple bucks and then it you know it helps pay for the hosting. Yeah, appreciate that. I'm gonna keep doing this anyway because I love it. And um, yeah, so I think that's all of the pre-stuff I've got to do. And so, yeah, let's get started with the podcast. Today's show, episode number 80, Examining the Process. All right, guys, let's jump into this. Let's talk about uh, examining the process. You know, we like to run long distances and uh, we joke around a lot about getting on ultra sign up and signing up for races, you know, last minute that we just decide all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to do this race or I'm going to sign up for this race or we sign up for something and we're like, ah, crud, now now what? Now what do I do? And so I just want to, I just want us to think through, you know, when we sign up for a race, we're signing up for a lot of things. We're making a big commitment. You know, it's not like we just do it and show up and, and we've got to, we got a plan. I want us to just kind of, it helps to be intentional about things in our lives, man. It helps to be intentional about understanding, you know, what we're doing and, and what we're signing up for. So anyway, the first thing I want us to think about is, so I had somebody ask me, how do I choose a race? You know, that's a good question. How do you choose a race? And like I said, I know some of us just go crazy and just sign up for races. But if you're trying to choose between a couple different races and, and you just don't know, um, and I had uh, Coach Cliff Pittman ask me when I was trying to choose between some some races, uh, only one would fit in my schedule. These, this was not an A race, but he asked me, he said, which, which one gets you excited? Which one moves you? And I'm like, that's a good question, especially for your A race, for your goal race for the year or one of your goal races. Man, it should be something that 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 moves you something that you can get excited about man you know something that just lights your fire I tell you I've been watching the Cocodona uh, 250 uh, man and it's got me so lit up and ready for uh, for Bigfoot and and the Triple Crown that I'm gonna get to do like I I'm ready man I, I'm ready to taper and go do it right now just just I'm excited I was excited before I'm even more excited now like I am uh, 
Yeah, I, I picked the right races because I'm pumped about it. And so that that when you have that excitement, it helps you with motivation. You know, when you got to train and when, when times get tough and you're just like, ah, you're trying to squeeze it in and you're tired and your legs hurt and you got to go run, you know, for six hours. I've got while you're listening to this, I'll be running six hours and, and it just gives you that motivation, you know. And so something something you can get excited about, something that that moves you. So that's that's one of the the, the first things, you know, it has to be something that just grabs you deep down. It, I guess it should. It doesn't have to be. I've done races just to do them, but it wasn't a race. And and then, so the second thing is, um, I think it should be a challenge. And I think that's what draws a lot of us. That's what excites me uh, about a lot of the races, that it's a challenge. Um we don't want something that's just easy that's just going to show up and knock it out and you know we i think we want a challenge but it also has to be realistic you know um realistic number one from a from a physical perspective you know i, I know you uh, you're superman or superwoman and you can do all things you know but let's 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 be honest you know um we have to be able to prepare ourselves to do the race that we're doing. And if, if I've only done, you know, a, a short race and I've got a short amount of time, uh, if I've only done a marathon and I've got a short amount of time, like I got a month to get ready for a 200, well, I'm not maybe necessarily setting myself up for success. So it needs to be, you know, realistic. And this is coming from a guy whose first ultra um was 100 miles, but I, I say that, but I was able to train on the course. I was putting in ultra distances in training on the course, you know, 40 mile Saturdays, a double loop of of, of the race course that I, that I was going to be racing on. So I, I knew I could do it. I knew that, you know, all of that. So, um, so it needs to be a challenge, but it has to be, you know, you know, scare us a little bit, but, but be within the realm of possibility for us. And I think that's my, might be someone where we can ask people that run with us, people, uh, I would say other runners. Cause you know, when I signed up for a 200, my family thought I was crazy and, um, you know, they probably, Oh, you can't do that. Well, I did. So, uh, you know, um, so ask, you know, just, just try to feel it out, you know, and, and, and really think about it realistically, but challenge yourself. I love challenge. And, and in doing that, we need to consider the terrain of, of the race. You know, I, Man, I we have a challenge. Uh, those of us who live in the flatlands, man, me and my friends from Louisiana now in Oklahoma, you know, when we're going into the mountains um, and, and training, training's tough. You know, we got to go in knowing that it's going to be a little tough, that we have to consider the terrain and the altitude. Altitude will kick your butt. Silver heels kick my butt because of the altitude. And so we got to know that going in, you know, going in with eyes wide open. And I knew that going into the race. That was part of the part of the deal. You know, um, we need to think about the elevation gain. Think about what the weather's like. Is it a hot time of year? You know, you don't sign up for bad water, <laughs> you know, and, th- you know, not you got to consider the heat, you know, and, and consider heat training and all that or the cold, you know, you do the arrowhead 135 and, and show up in a t-shirt. You know, anyway, if you don't do well with cold, you've got to think of all this. You've also got to count the cost for training. You know, when you sign up for, for a big race, for a hundred miler, for a 200 miler, you got to consider the time and energy it's going to take. Um, yeah, you can, you can possibly wing it. Um, but man, it's going to be tough and you're going to, you're going to suffer. It's just factor in, it's going to be hours and hours of running and training. Um, and then count the the financial costs to get there. That's also when you're thinking about what race to run, you know, if there's one within driving distance, um, you know, that's 
kind of pretty easy. But if it's one where you're going to have to fly and and it's going to be a day of travel and rent cars and rent all this stuff, you know, um, and get a place to stay and lot, you know, lodging and food and all these things, you know, that that's that's a real factor. Location is is a factor. Um, money doesn't grow on trees, man, and we don't have an unlimited supply, so we've got to think about what it's going to cost. So. So just to recap, in choose, choosing a race, and I, I probably forgot something, and I want you guys to message me our our, our post on uh, on Facebook or Instagram, you know, some other things. But you know, a race that moves you, a challenge but realistic. Think about the terrain and altitude, and just all about the race that's challenging, and 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 you know, if you're going to have time to do it, or if, you, if if that moves you, you know, I love the mountains; they're rough for me, but I love them. Um, count the costs, the time costs of training, and the energy costs of training and then count the cost to physically get there, run the race and get back. So that's in choosing a race. So once you choose a race, how in the world am I going to get ready for this? Um, yeah, I think we've all maybe been there where we sign up for a race and not really think through what it's going to take. Like we're just, I'm going to go do a hundred miles and in the mountains. And then we're like, ah, oh, I got to train now. Um, so, so there are different routes when you're getting ready for it. First of all, you can, you can get a, a, a training plan, um, online, you know, there's training plans online. They're, they're, they're cheap. Um, I I've used them when I first started running. I talked to a lot of people. I found some online. I found what worked. It looked like it was really good. And, um, and, and I would, I would just, I train myself with training plans online and, and you can, you can certainly do that. Uh, or you can get a coach, and uh, I've been uh, enjoying, uh, I, you know, a lot of you know, I've used Coach Cliff Pittman um, with Fit to Endure. And he started, actually, I signed up with him after I crashed and burned at Moab. And he trained me for the Love It 100. And uh, he's going to be training. He's in, we're in the process of training now for the Triple Crown. And I'm enjoying it. You know, I coach other runners, but I'm enjoying getting coached by him because he's asking questions. I know he's looking at my stats, so I can't, you know, I can't slough off on the temple run. Or, you know, the other day he asked me, I had a really rough run. It was a, just, I was tired. And he's like, hey, I didn't notice the difference in your speed. Is there something, I didn't notice your heart rate going up. And I was like, dude, I, I, I just ran. Yeah, it was rough. So this morning when I was, I was tired, I was like, nope, coach is going to see it. I got, I got to put in the, you know, put in the right reps, man. I got to do, I got to do what I got to do for my, my, uh, tempo sections. And so, um, but having a coach, it helps you. It's, it's somebody that's, you know, that, that knows it gives you accountability, uh, helps you to learn. It's a source, uh, when you have questions. Um, and so, you know, I think if you can, if you can afford it, a coach is a really good route. And uh, man, if you, uh, you know, I do coaching, Coach Cliff does, there's a lot of good guys out there. Be glad to help you to plug you in with somebody if you need uh, somebody to help you get ready for your race. You know, or you can, if you're a really disciplined person, which which I am pretty disciplined, you know, you can find training plans online and and, and go through them um, and, and get yourself ready. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I've done it. Um, so that's, you got to get ready. You got to do the training. You got, you got to run, you got to put the time in, you got to put time in on feet. And so you decide how you're going to do that, um, you know, via a coach or via a plan. All right. And then you've got to just, you got to do the work, you know, you plan it out and you got to do it. Now I've shared before that I make the decision when I sign up for a race, 
and I, I, I'm signing up not just to show up and do the race. I'm signing up for the training that goes with it. And it's not a question of, am I getting up and I'm running tomorrow? It's, it's no, when am I going to do it? You know, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go run. I make the decision once and then I do it. I make the time and then I do it. Um, you know, we just got to do the work, whether it takes getting up early, staying up late, making the sacrifice. Um, I shared with you before, um, a good friend of mine in Louisiana, uh, she had a race and she was just, she signed up for a race and she was just, she asked me the question. She said, you know, I've got all this going on in my life and, and I'm just really busy with work and, and, uh, how am I going to, you know, I don't know how to do this, this training. And, and I looked at her and I said, well, um, you know, yeah, you signed up for the race and you, you want to do the race then you need to put in the training. And she said, are you, are you giving me some tough love? And I was like, I'm trying, you know, it's, you just got to do the work. You're going to suffer, you know, and you can, you can get by, but man, I don't know about you, but I want to do my best on races. I don't want to just get by. And so I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to put in time. And then the other thing, getting ready, not only your training and a lot of people, um, don't like to talk about this. They figure they run enough. Um, they can, (laughs) they burn enough calories, but your diet, man, when you're getting ready for a race, you've got to fuel your body. Um, you've got to give your body what it needs to race. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about being fat adapted or any of that. Um, you've just got to fuel right. You put junk in, you're going to feel it. You eat healthier, um, no matter what form that is, whether you're doing, you know, paleo or just whatever, um, eat healthier and your body will love you for it. Your body responds better to training and it does better by eating right. And so that's how you're going to get ready for that race. All right. So choosing a race, getting ready for it, decide how you're going to get ready for it. And then, we, we don't think about this a lot of times, but man, just planning travel logistics. Um, you know, for the Triple Crown, I, I've got everything because a lot of, I had a points and stuff and, and flights that were deferred from um, from last year with everything being canceled. And so um, I've got all my plans laid out for, um, uh, for Bigfoot, but I still got to do the other two races of the Triple Crown. Um, so think about it. You know, I said that's part of what we're deciding when we're, running a race, like how, how we're going to get there, you know, can you drive, you know, how far of a drive is it? Is it, is it 20 hours, you know, sitting in a car right before you go run a hundred miles? Is that the the best thing to do? You know, um, am I going to fly in a plane? How much is that going to cost? And you know, you got to plan that time getting to the airport, flying, getting out. Oh, then you get there and then, well, how am I going to get to where I need to be? Uh, well, where am I going to be? Where am I going to stay? I'm going to need lodging. All right. I need a hotel or Airbnb. How far is that from the start and finish? Um, now am I going to get a cab or, uh, you know, um, how am I going to get there from the airport, you know, and then from the airport, how do I get to the start finish? Um, so you got to think about all that. And then the logistics, you know, do I bring food with me? Do I, what do I eat? Uh, if I'm in another place, if, what am I going to eat the night before the race? What am I going to eat the morning of the race? Do I bring that with me? Do I stop at a, a grocery store? You know, planning out those travel logistics and it's best to do this like just ahead of time and have it done and laid out because as the race gets closer, you don't want to be stressing out over all these things and, and, and worrying about finding a, a hotel when you get there. You know, you want to have all that as laid out as possible as those decisions made so you're not scrambling trying to do that you want to 
as far ahead of time as you can, just, just get all that stuff laid out. So you're just, you're just checking off the boxes as you go. And as you get to the race, um, you, so your travel logistics, your food, your hotel, your car, all that stuff, you just got it done. It's good. And so, um, you know, during taper madness that we'll talk about in a minute, you can look over all that stuff and give you something to look at. Um, so plan your travel logistics. The next thing, Plan the race logistics. All right, read the stinking manual. Read the documentation. Man, the races have, most races are so good at putting everything you need to know online or in a manual. You know, I already have the manual for the Bigfoot 200. Actually, all the Triple Crown, they have the manual out. They're doing some revisions, but most of the questions that I have uh, are in the manual. And if you read the manual, you can find it. Um, so much information. I know race directors, man, they get like, just read the manual. You keep, everybody's asking me a question. If they just read page two of the manual, it's in there, you know, read the manual. Um, you'll find out at like about the aid stations, you know, what they offer at the aid stations, man, that's important for a race. You need to know what food's there because you need to know what food to bring, you know, during a race, how are you going to fuel yourself? Well, um, what do they have at the aid stations that I don't need to carry? Um, what are they going to offer? What's the distance between the aid stations? Man, the races are so good at laying all that out. You can plan it out. Um, you know, what do I need to carry uh, to get to each because of the distance? You know, where are the drop bags? What am I going to put in my drop bags? Um, which ones are crew accessible? You know, and so, man, just valuable information if you read the manual um, and, and, and be thinking about all the aspects of the race ahead of time. And speaking of crew, that's another question. Do you need a a crew or a pacer? Now, there's a lot of benefits to having a a crew and a pacer uh, at races. Um, You know, just the help. You know, toward the end of of a 100-miler, 200-miler, you know, you're not thinking straight. Somebody that meets you there, looks you in the eye, and starts helping you figure out what you need. Um, It's good, you know, a pacer. Uh, will help motivate you. Um, safety, you know, if you're on the side of a mountain and you're kind of kind of out there, you know, somebody to make sure you're 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 walking straight, you're not falling off the side of a mountain, you're eating, you're you're getting nutrition in, you're taking care of your body. Um, but you know, I've done my fastest hundred miler. Uh, I went, I showed up without a crew or a pacer. Um, because there, there, I, I believe there, you know, there are some some negative aspects of having a crew and a pacer. Um, logistics, you've got to figure out, you know, where you're meeting your crew. You got to figure, you got other people with you, um, that need taking care of, you know, that you got to figure out logistics for place to stay, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's a load on your mind. There's, there's some pressure there wondering if, oh, did my crew pick up my pacer? And I wonder if they, you know, they met up or, you know, just, just all these, these other things that you're thinking about that if you're by yourself, you just like, I just got to get to the next aid station, get what I need. You know, you're not worried a whole lot about, um, if your crew doesn't make it, what are you going to do? Because you've already planned for it. You've got your drop bag there waiting for you. And so there's, there's, there's some negatives to it. And sometimes it's just, you know, I enjoy just showing up at a race by myself and, and just go run my race, do my thing and, and go home. You know, that's what I did for flat rock. I just enjoyed myself and I wasn't competing. I didn't need to hurry up or anything. Um, but, you know, those are things to think about. But uh, a pacer, um, 
and a crew can be very helpful, especially if you're really wanting to to compete, if you're really wanting to do your best, and if you're wanting some some safety. And you know, when you got a crew and pacer, you also get to enjoy the whole race with other people. You know, you're making memories. Um, you know, you got something to talk about, or they got something to talk about with the craziness you, that you did, and and the way you looked, and the things you said, and what you told him, and all. Anyway, it's a, it's a good. It can be a fun thing. So you need to decide that. You know, um, am I going to have a pacer? Am I going to have a crew? And then you better have read the manual because you need to make sure you know where your crew can be. Um, you know, which aid stations they can go to, where you can pick up your pacer and, and all of that. Um, I would be, uh, you don't want your, your crew not to be informed and then to, um, get you disqualified. Man, that'd be terrible. Um, you know, you're out there busting your butt and you figure out you get disqualified because you're, you're, crew did something wrong yeah so you know it's you your job as a runner to get them prepped and that's something i'll talk about in a minute during taper week um man i always hand jen a binder with all the information she needs she actually has the manual plus all the directions i make sure that they are set apart if they're not in the manual i i print them out directions between aid stations where she's going uh i also have a chart of what i'm going to need at each aid station i also have on the chart my estimated times you know and we make adjustments as the race goes on if i'm going faster or going slower you know and so i try to try to get her when she's my crew all my parents when they crew me as informed as possible so that they can help me, you know, the more I have them informed, the better that they can help me. And so those, those are things, you know, that takes work. It takes me a, a long time to put all that together and make sure that they have what they need and to talk them through it, but they're given their time to help me. And so, uh, I can do that. And so, uh, you got to factor all that in if you need a crew and a pacer. All right. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the Screaming Monkey 100. The Screaming Monkey 100 has become known as the preeminent race in North Louisiana. This event located at the Monkey Trails mountain bike course near Shreveport has 11 miles of challenging, hilly, and technical single track. The race director has included another 4.5 miles of perimeter logging road, gravel, and pavement to make it a varied and interesting 15.5 mile loop. Runners can choose a distance between 10K all the way up to 100 miles miles. Now this race, it's nestled between an abandoned prison, a veteran cemetery, and a national chimpanzee sanctuary. How cool is that? You can hear the chimps caterwaul during the race. You can listen to the calming tones of the bells chime at the cemetery and run through the shadows of an abandoned guard tower. Totally awesome. The Screaming Monkey 100 can be found on ultrasignup.com and listeners of this show who use the code, listen to the code, run the riot one, two, three, all one word, run the riot one, two, three, will enjoy the only discount available for this race. That's a 10% discount off their entry. Also, the race director Mike has another race on April 3rd called the Old School at Lincoln Parish Park. It's listed at runsignup.com and has distances from 5 to 30 miles. Back to the show. All right. So uh, we did, okay, we did race logistics. We did, do you need a pacer or a crew? Um, and then another reason to read the manual, to know the course, to know all this stuff is equipment. You got to decide what you're going to bring. Um, and of course, if you're flying there and all that, there's, you know, you got extra baggage to bring possibly depending on the race. Um, you know, uh, bottles or bladder. 
I, I know some of you guys, you just love handheld bottles and, and you just get out there, you know, half naked and, and, and <laughs> with your handheld bottles and, and go to town. And I, I do some training runs with handhelds, but I like uh, I like to wear a vest uh, because I like to carry stuff um, for the most part. It gives me comfort um, unless I'm running a race and things are really close together. But um, even even then, I'll, I'll use my momentum vest with two bottles that that kind of carry in the back and I can, you know, not put a whole lot in the front, but, um, yeah, I just like my ultra spire momentum vest. It's good. I can put my phone and a few other things, or I can pack that sucker out full of stuff if I need, but you got to decide, um, you know, if it's five or six miles between aid stations, you can carry handhelds or, or just have a few bottles in your pack. But if, if you're running a big race like uh, like Tahoe or, or some of these others uh, and you've got to have, you know, you've got 20 miles between aid stations and you're going to be moving slow because it's mountainous and it's hot and or it's hot. Uh, you might want to have a 70 ounce bladder in your back and a water bottle. So, you know, you've got to think these things through for the. Um, uh, the Cocodona 250, I know, uh, the first day, a lot of people were having trouble because they underestimated the distance in the heat between aid stations. And there were a lot of them, uh, running out of water. They were out of water for, you know, a couple hours or so. Um, and then like me for Moab, I didn't run out of water. I just couldn't drink it with this stinking mix that they had in my bladder pack. So I, I ended up running out of drinkable water. Um, so you got to think about that. What am I going to bring? What am I, what's required? It's another reason reading the manual. What is required of me to carry? For some of these races, you've got to have uh, a rain jacket. You've got to have, um, you know, uh, wind pants. Um, you've got to have a water filter. You've got to have backup calories. Um, you've, you've got to carry some of these things. Am I bringing my trekking poles uh, on this race? Can I bring my trekking poles on this race? Some of them don't allow it, you know? So, you got to decide these things ahead of time. What clothes am I going to wear? You know, if I'm if I'm running the the uh, Cocodona 250 and it's going to be hot, or the Moab uh, 240, um, you know, what am I going to wear? Am I going to wear some light colored long sleeves to protect my skin, or am I just going to do tank top? Or what kind of hat, man? I got a cool reflecty hat that I'm going to be wearing uh, for Moab this year. It's going to be awesome. I'm gonna look, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know what brand it is, but it's it's going to reflect the heat. It's going to give me shade. It, it's it's big and obnoxious kind of, but whatever, I'm going to wear it. It's going to be awesome. But you know, you know what, you got to think, think those things through. Uh, what's the weather? What am I going to wear? If it's going to get cold. Hard thing in some of these races is it's hot during the day and it gets cold at night. So you got to plan out, you know, uh, from your crew or your drop bags, where are you going to change? Are there going to be Creek crossings? Cause man, I'm going to have to maybe change my socks and shoes. Um, what shoes am I going to wear? You know, can I, can I wear road shoes on this? You know, if it's a, a easy, you know, trail or rails to trail type thing, or, or do I need to wear something that's got some grip? Um, and so, you know, what am I going to wear? Uh, I was pretty fortunate. It's another plug for exoskin, but when I ran the love at 100, there were a ton of Creek crossings. My feet stayed wet the whole time from, from crossing creeks, but I had those exo toes and my feet stayed so happy exo toes and i had my my ultra olympus which drained really well that was a great combination and my feet 
didn't, didn't, my feet were great by the end of the race. You know, they, you could tell they had been wet, but no blisters, uh, no issues, man. But you got to think those things through. Um, and so that comes with knowing the race, thinking it through and, and what equipment am I going to bring with me? And so, so, so re- you have time, you sign up for the race and you've got, you know, I don't know, 16, uh, 20 weeks of training, be thinking through these things. Um, you know, as you're training day after day after day, while you're running, you got to have something to think about, uh, besides what you're going to eat when you're done. And so, you know, be processing a lot of this stuff while you're running, while you're racing and, and, and make those decisions. All right. So, so equipment and the next thing, nutrition, um, man, your long runs, as most of you know, you should be, should be testing out your nutrition, trying what's figuring out what's going to work for the race. Um, figuring out, you know, you need to be getting in, uh, 250 or more calories per hour if you can. And, uh, some people are really good and they can just, just chug the calories. Um, and, and part of it's training your gut, but you need to try to get Figure out how many calories per hour you can take in. Figure out what works with your stomach because everybody's different. I don't care. You know, I love listening to what works for people and and I'll try it, but some things just don't work. And some things that work today won't work tomorrow. And, you know, some things that used to not work, work now. So you just got to, you got to figure it out, man. You got to figure out what works for your system, what gives you the energy, what's going to help you to keep moving and, uh, and then have a backup plan from that. Because when you think you know what works and your stomach decides it doesn't like it anymore, um, you know, you've got to have a, 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 a plan. You've got to have something different, uh, tomorrow, uh, or while you're listening to this, I've got a, a six hour run and, um, you know, I'm going to be trying some different, different nutrition just while I'm out there, you know, while I'm local, if I get a little sick in the stomach, well, you know, it happens. It's no big deal. I'm just a few miles from home. Um, and I can, I can deal with it. It's better than have it make me crash and burn for the race. So plan out your nutrition as best as you can and have backups. And, you know, I I don't, I graze at aid stations. You know, sometimes I let my body decide, Ooh, I need some of that. Or, uh, this sounds really good right now. And I, and it's, it's things that I've, I've done before, you know, I'm not going to, try something totally, well, I'll say that, but I have before, but you know, you don't want to try something totally different. Um, and so plan out your nutrition. Um, and with, with that being said, also you with your travel logistics, you know, plan out what you're going to eat before the race, make sure it's something good that, you know, uh, works the night before the race and the morning of the race, uh, plan that stuff out too, and then plan out what you're going to do for the race. Some people like liquid nutrition for the race. Um, some people just do electrolyte in their, in their drink. Some people just do water and then take salt pills and then eat food, Uh, whatever. Everybody's different. Find out what works for you. And then I think this is the last thing I want to talk about is dealing with the taper. Um, I don't know about you, but I end up, by the time I get to, we're close to the race, it's it's almost time, you know, I'm excited, but then my body is just, you know, from, from running so much, from training, my body's tired. And physically and mentally, boy, I, I can... I'm embracing that taper, you know, at least the first three, four or five days of it, you know, where you're just running, doing a little easy recovery runs and, um, you're, you're scaling it down. Um, 
enjoy that, you know, enjoy that time, enjoy the physical rest, but, but try to use, you're going to have extra time now, you know, all this time you've been training and running, you're going to have this extra time. It's a good time to still use some of that to stay productive, go over your logistics, read over it. So you, you know, you remember it, you're comfortable with it, the logistics of, of getting to the race, uh, and getting back from the race, your logistics for during the race, just, just go over it, man. So it's, you know, the course, look at the course, um, look at the distance between aid stations. Just read through that. Don't stress over it. Just, just for keep getting familiar with it. Just look over it, man. Visualize the course. Think about what you're going to be doing. Think about if, if, um, if something happens, you know, I said, don't stress over it, but you, you don't have to stress over it. Think about like, okay, if the weather goes South, what do I, you know, what am I going to do? Make those decisions beforehand so that when it happens, it's, it, you don't freak out. You're just like, oh, this is what I need to do. This decision has been made. This is what I'm going to do. And you do it. All right. Um, don't stress over it, but think about it. Um, you know, and even things like, you know, one of the things I learned, I remember when I ran the Rouge Orleans, um, my, I was talking to this guy who had run Vol State. His name was Sal. And, and he, he, he talked about checking his, uh, if his watch got tight or his ring got tight, uh, he knew he was doing too much on the electrolyte side and needed to, to drink some water to flush himself out. And so, so I just know that now, like, Oh, my finger's getting puffy. Need to, need to drink some more water, you know, and, and back off on the electrolytes a little bit. And so that's, I don't stress over that anymore. You know, if that happens, I just, just make a decision and I do it. Um, if I get tired, I'll automatically know, okay, I'm getting tired. I need, probably need some calories. Um, if I, if I'm, I may need some, some electrolytes, um, or I may need some caffeine, you know, I can start figuring it out. My stomach. Oh man, I'm having stomach issues. The next aid station I'm going to have, I'm going to get some ginger ale or, uh, or some ginger chews. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to back off my pace a little bit. Maybe I need to sit down for a few minutes. Use that time to think through those things. Um, I also use my taper time. Uh, and, and I've seen other people do it and, uh, I hope you do it too for, especially for a long races. I make me a, a cheat sheet, um, of, it's basically of the aid stations, the distance to aid stations, my projected times. Uh, if I have drop bags, it's it's what's in each drop bag at the aid stations. Um, I usually on the other side of it, I'll have a, maybe a copy of my driver's license and an emergency contacts just to carry it with me. Um, but I'll make that and then I, I, I say I laminate it, but I just use like the the wide clear tape and I just tape over one side of it turn it over tape over the other side of it and cut around it um but I have that and I have it in my pack so if I'm not sure how far it is to the next aid station I pull out my cheat sheet and I can look and see how far it is to the next aid station and I can see if I'm on schedule if I'm on pace sometimes I have multiple you know, paces on it. It just gives me information. You know, if you're, if you're out there and you need to make decisions on nutrition, on, on hydration, and you know, you know, you can look and kind of figure out, okay, I, I think I have a, you know, instead of going by, I have, I don't know how many miles I got left in the next A station. Well, I can look down, I can pull out my cheat sheet and say, I got two miles left. I'm good. I don't have to stress. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to go filter some water or something, you know? And so, um, Anyway, that, that's one of the things that I, I do uh, during taper time is I get that ready and then I, I have that in my pack for the race um, with information. Information is good. I also think about what 
I might want to listen to you. And I've done hundred mile races and, and, and more with, without anything, without listening to anything, without headphones. Uh, but I like to have it just in case, uh, I'll think about books that I might want to listen to. I've listened to a whole book on a race. Um, you know, and I'll download those. Uh, I'll have my, my running and racing, uh, playlist on Spotify. I'll make sure it's downloaded and it's there. And so, you know, just doing all those little things during taper, um, you know, planning out for the race and getting that done. And that's when I usually sit down and finalize the binder that I give, uh, my crew with directions, aid station times, you know, all the numbers. And I have the race manual usually in there. So if they have any questions, they can find them. And so uh, that's how I deal with taper because taper is it's it's a welcome thing at first. But then you get giddy, you know, you're like, ah, I just want to race. You know, you got all this energy that you, you know, you've been running so much and you got all this energy. So this is a good way to channel that into something positive, something useful um, that's going to help you before the race. And, um, and the last, I guess, lastly, along with dealing with the taper, and this goes from when you choose the race, um, you know, this sounds like a whole lot of stuff and, and it is, and a race ultra marathon is a whole lot of miles. It is, it's tough. That's why I think it's important for you, um, to consider your why do it before you sign up for the race. And then when you're dealing with the taper, it's a great time to review it. You know, think about, think about who you are as a person. Think about why you're doing this. Think about how, um, you know, you're going to deal with, with, with situations because of who you are. You know, I'm, I'm David Terrio. When tough times come, I deal with them and this is what I do. And I keep pushing forward. You know, I'm strong, you know, and just, just remember those things. Think about the positive things and and who you are and think about why you're doing this and what, you know, um, what you're trying to, if you're trying to prove something or if you just, you just want to show yourself that, man, you can do hard things and show your kids that you can do hard things or inspire others, you know, that you can, whatever that, that why is, whatever that drive, that, that motivation, think about that, you know, and solidify that. And, and also think of mantras. I had somebody uh, tell me that, and I've had different ones, you know, for Tahoe 200, it wasn't really a mantra. It was uh, every 10 miles I would pray, you know, I'd thank God that I got to be out there. I'd thank God that he, he helped me those last 10 miles and pray for help for the next 10 miles. And I just do that while I was running. And, and but, uh, also I've had it some, you know, uh, I don't even know where I heard this, but you know, kind of something I could repeat to myself when times were getting tough. And I would tell myself as the miles get longer, I get stronger, you know, um, <laughs> It sounds silly, but you know, when you're half brain dead from, you know, running, you're in mile 80 and you need to tell yourself something, um, I, I do that. Um, and I'd make the decision, you know, to smile. I'd, you know, if I get down, I'm going to make myself smile. I'm going to go into an aid station. I'm going to smile. I'm going to thank people. I'm going to encourage other runners. I'm going to be that guy, you know, I, and, and I even Lord help me to be an encouragement to those around me for this race. Um, and so, so be thinking about that. Think about why you're doing it. Think about, you know, what type of runner you're going to be, you know, who am I going to be during this race? You know, am I going to be the complainer, you know, and <clears throat> understand you got to speak when things are going wrong and speak the truth, but you know, you acknowledge that junk and move on. I'm going to be the guy that says, okay, I'm having trouble with my feet or I'm having trouble with my stomach, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. 
This here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that figures it out. And I'm that guy that keeps moving forward. And so, uh, so, and make decisions on, you know, when it is appropriate. Listen, nobody likes a DNF, but sometimes it's appropriate to DNF. If the bone's sticking out, you know, I'm, <laughs> I got to quit. Um, you know, if my uh, future health is at risk, if I'm risking my future racing, I need to pull the plug. It's okay. You know, give yourself permission to, um, I won't say to fail, but I will say to learn a lesson to be able to race another day. Um, it's, that's okay too, but don't give yourself permission just cause it kind of, you feeling uncomfortable or it just kind of, it kind of hurts. No, you need to push through that, man. Uh, if you have an injury, that's one thing. If you're just really uncomfortable, um, and that's ultra running, man. Keep going. <laughs> when you get to the finish line, you can get comfortable again. Um, so anyway, those are just, man, that's so much stuff. Let me go through. So, you know, talked about how to choose a race. How am I going to choose this race? How am I going to get ready for the race? Um, planning travel logistics, planning the race logistics. Do I need a pacer or a crew? What equipment am I bringing? What am I eating before the race? What am I eating during the race? And then dealing with my taper madness and Man, I don't know. Those are just things that that I've talked to people a lot about, things I've had questions about, and these are just things that will, might help you to process ahead of time, and I hope it helps you. That's my that's my my goal here is that maybe this will help you think through these things ahead of time and so you can get out there on the race and just be present and enjoy the race and not have something that was fully in your control derail your race. And we don't want that. And so, guys, I, I hope you're excited because uh, races are happening. Uh, man, I've been enjoying getting to do some in-person races, getting to talk with people, getting to, to just be with other runners, getting to run with people and share the trail with them and then hang out after. I love it. I love it. I love it. I hope you're getting to get a piece of that. Um, and I hope this this little talk will help you in your future races, man. You guys all take care. Uh, let me know if I can help you. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>